Your Money Replay from Money FM 89.3. Money and Me on Your Money, only on Money FM 89.3. Good morning, it's 10:05. This is a show dedicated to helping you make your money work for you. And today we are talking about taking back power, making sure that the power is in your hands. Why rely on schools to share the value of money with your children when you can do a pretty good job yourself and you should be doing it every single day of their little lives as they grow up to learn how to make the most of their money. Joining me in the studio is James Sachi, who is a family life educator and a principal consultant at Built to Last Training. And today we're talking about how to speak with your children about the value of money, how to encourage them to want to get into the habit of saving, and why money values play a huge role in shaping your child's future. James, good morning. Good morning, Michelle. Nice to be here. Thank you for having me. Oh, good to have you. So you speak with parents frequently in Built to Last? That's right. We do workshops, we do talks, we do consultations for parents. We try to help uh, work through some family issues with them, but also for students. Wonderful. Then you're just the man I need to ask this question to. What happens? Have you seen kids who grow up without a sense of the value of money? Well, I've seen adults grow up. Yeah, yeah. The former child. That's right, right? So (laughs) adult money problems many times stem from early childhood. Their money habits or thinking about money when they were younger. So yes, what happens to us in adult life? Sometimes we overspend. We spend too much. You know, and that could happen because when we were younger, we were thinking that, hey, money is easy come, easy go. So many children, they take money for granted, right? So when they grow older, they overspend or they, they don't think about saving because that was the experience. They were not taught about it. They didn't really save much. And so easy come, easy go. That's a very important point, actually, that an adult struggling with money issues may not think about tracing it to their early childhood but that's probably the root cause of it never being told or shown a way to save and you know to understand the value of money that's right it could be a perspective issue Mm. a knowledge gap but a lot of times it could be a, a value system a belief system do you see that frequently Yes, quite often, I think, that uh, sometimes as an adult Mm. or as a child, we want to uh, spend uh, money just frivolously sometimes, you know, and uh, that's because our value system uh, about money, our thinking about money is not really shaped. Right. So, okay, I remember being four years old and wanting to buy my mother a birthday gift and deciding that a beautiful, magical box that was filled with thread because my mom loved to um, sew. You know, so I thought I'd buy her a box of thread because they were multicolored and they looked like jewels. So I remember I was four and the box of thread cost $4, right? And I'm holding my dad's hand. I'm going, that's it. I found it. I was thrilled with myself. And he said, okay, we can get it when you can pay for it. And I thought, I'm four. Cut me some slack. Give me the money. (laughs) And and, and so I had to find ways to raise $4, which I did. Oh, you did? Yes, I did. Well, I worked. I worked around the home. <laughs> Good money management. Your dad was teaching you the importance he of was, earning. 
That is true. The importance, I think, the link between energy expended sure. and money yeah. and what role money played there. Okay, so if we take a step back. What are the most important steps that you think parents should take when they start talking to their kids about the value of money, James? I think the first step they could take was to identify character values that are important in money management. Character values. For example, self-discipline, mm. right? So the ability to wait, the ability to delay gratification. You know, so there was an interesting experiment done uh, called the Marshmallow Experiment. Mm-hmm. Uh, 1960, Stanford University, they put two kids in a room and then they gave them marshmallow, one marshmallow each. And then they said, if you wait until I come back, you can have two. But you have a choice. You can eat the one marshmallow now. And so some kids ate it, some kids Couldn't waited. Wait. Yeah, they could not wait. <laughs> and so the researchers traced yeah. these kids. They traced them throughout their uh, adolescent years mm. and through their adult life. And they found that the kids who waited actually fared better. Yeah. They could make better decisions in life. They were not impulsive. So just a simple experiment. It's been repeated many times, yes. this experiment. The ability to delay gratification and the link towards success. That's right. So as a parent, you want to think, are you imparting that skill? That's right. Or if, are you giving in to their every demand the moment they ask for it, right? That's right. Because if we do, uh, consciously or subconsciously, we give in to every demand, we send a message to the child, right? And the message is, whatever I see, I can get. Mm. I see, I like, I buy. I don't have the money, I will get it from mommy. Mommy doesn't give it to me, I will pester mommy. <laughs> I will make a big tantrum. Yes. Right? I so that I can get that. it from mommy. So we want to teach children to wait a little bit mm. and so that they can make better decisions. Try that when you have a screaming it. tantrum monster on your hand. Right. You just got to bear with it, parents, that's right? That's true. No, not bear with no? it, but self-discipline. So I think in the preschool years, mm. some of the good values to teach them or the good techniques to teach them is something as simple as this to okay. teach them self-discipline. For example, uh, saying yes, no, Wait, you know, having this little boundary that if I say yes, okay. If I say no, means no. Yeah. And if I say wait, means wait. Just at preschool years, give them the foundation that these kinds of instructions are important. So we build sort of self-discipline in them, you know, so that they will not be impulsive in buying or, or, or just looking at something and saying, I want it. Okay, at what age do you think parents should start this journey of educating their children about money? I think as early as possible, in different ways, maybe through games, maybe through uh, some decisions that they make. Like say, for example, a preschooler. Yep. Right, preschooler, you can't have long conversations about money and where money comes from. They got to experience it. So my suggestion is things like role-playing activities, you could make believe like a restaurant. You could make believe like oh, a okay. uh, like a little shop. You see, the, the main concept we want to send children at a young age mm. is money is exchange, right? Money is exchange mm. and money is earned. So when you role play situations like that, it helps children learn in a fun way. Wow, you know, this is what it means. So the child comes up to me. The child, uh, I want to buy something, you know, so I pay the child some kind of uh, not real money, but maybe some type of uh, 
token. false token, yep. false money, mm. wh- mm-hmm. whatever. And so the, so the child takes it, the child can put it in some jar. Exchange, some exchange. is what you want to put across. It's, it's, a, it's part of a transaction. It's part of so a transaction. So you want to get them used to that idea That's right. at a young age. So there are some ideas, some values that we want to get across about money. You know, some kind of money values, things like uh, money is earned. Yeah. Money is for exchange. Money is for good, to be used for good, not for bad. <laughs> you know, things I like mean, that. They you might know? want to buy a little missile at a young age and surely that's all right. A little toy missile. <laughs> yeah, so money. money. Okay, sure. I, get, I get the Definitely, point there. Yeah. So if we were to break up a child's education about money into different phases, four to eight, little, little ones, mm-hmm. and then they're in school P2 till about P6, mm-hmm. and then um, SEC1 onwards, mm-hmm. What do you think is important at each one of those phases? Well, for the preschool, uh, like I suggested, possibly some role-playing activities. You can include maybe some simple card games to get them used to the concept of numbers. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. Hmm. Right, get them a concept of numbers. Uh, as they're growing older, you, you know, you can bring them to, when you, when you go to the store, you can give them the money to pay the cashier. Teach them about budgets. Teach them about budgets as they're growing yes. older. Yeah. Good idea. So one way that um, I do with my kids mm. and... Oh, you have kids? Yeah, I have kids too. Yeah. How old are they? One in P6, one in secondary school. Oh, sec one. Mm. So at a young age, I ask them to have three jars, you know, and we label the jars. One is savings, one is spending, and one is sharing. And uh, Why not investing? Yeah, so when they grow older, <laughs> I put savings, yes. I put a slant, and I put sowing, S-O-W. Right, yes, I like that. Like, you know, sowing the seeds, yeah. Just three S's plus one more as they grow older. Yes. So, uh, yeah, so, th- so that's, that's what I try to do. And so when they have an amount that is given to them, whether it's an allowance or they earn it somehow, they separate that money straight away into percentages. Yeah, so for the preschooler and even for the primary one uh, kid, primary two kid, they're able to understand if you show them some of the breakups. So, for example, uh, $1, how much goes into savings? How much goes into... So, for me, I keep it quite simple. Yes. I, the first thing I say, when you get your money, mm. 10%. So, $1, 10 cents goes into the saving, uh, goes into the uh, sharing jar. And then the balance, you split between savings and you split between uh, spending. Right? So, your first 10% goes into sharing. Get it out of the way. Put it inside that jar. It can grow when you want to spend it for, you know, to give someone something, to buy a birthday present, or you can use that. Okay. And then there's a savings jar, and then there is a spending jar. Do they have their own little electronic accounts as well, savings accounts? At this time, you know, they have to go to the bank and they deposit that money. Oh, so they do have. They do okay, have, Okay, yes. great, great. Because I think it's useful. And I remember my first POSB account. They came to school with the little squirrel savers, yes. you know, and I, I thought that was a great Very great motivating move. for the kid. Yeah, and so memorable. Right. I still remember yeah. it. Yeah, so they go to the bank, they deposit the money mm. with mummy and daddy, and then they have a little uh, book sometimes, or you can see it online now, right? And you can see the money grow. Oh, how exciting. Yeah, exciting. Wonderful. So one key component of saving or making good use of your money is understanding budgeting. Do you have some tips there? Well, the three S's can help you budget in some way, but in order to start a budget, they must have a type of allowance. Right. right. They need to have an allowance. And with that allowance, 
they they do the three S's, right? They they apportion it, and then they make a needs and a wants list. So I try to encourage children, including my own, hmm. don't just go to the store and buy whatever you want. Make a needs and a wants list. Oh, yeah, things that you need, things that you want, right? Before they go shopping. Before they go shopping. Wow, yeah. you're a tough dad. So actually, I'm not that tough. <laughs> there, are children, there, are, there are parents that, that make it even uh, tougher. But what we really want to accomplish is not whether it's tough or not, but w- the message we're sending to my kids, right? Or to our kids. So I allow them to save uh, and to, to spend. And so with the spending money, yeah, not the saving money, the spending money, spending money. I'll bring them for shopping. Mm-hmm. And when they go shopping, they can spend to certain limits. I give them some boundaries and they spend. And before they make any purchases, they run through their decision making with me. Wow. Yeah. So since young, we've been doing something like this. I just want to give them the thinking skill. I want to give them how to make good decisions. When you want to buy stuff, right? That's good because even as they're spending, they're sort of delaying gratification a little bit, even a little pause by reflecting on whether this is a need or a want, That's which right. very few people do when they run out to shop. That's right. So all these are like inclusive of budgeting. Mm. I know some parents who give a little notebook to their kids and say all oh, your, your income and your expenses Every week, I want to see it written down. Yes. So that could be a suggestion too. Yeah. Yeah. Personally, I don't do that at the moment. Oh, why not? But, you know, it's a good suggestion to do. It is. Yeah. Yeah. One of my friends whose father was an accountant made her write in a notebook every single thing that she spent on, whether it was 50 cents for a Coca-Cola can or, you know, a couple of hundred for a tennis racket. She had to write it down. I think that's good money management and usually accountants do ask their children to do that. Yeah. (laughs) And I think it served her well. So children might think that money is a source of happiness because, you know, they link money with what they want. So how do we prevent that thought that money is... And, you know, actually we could have a whole debate on this show about whether money is the key to happiness. That's right. And um, I think it's important for children to be grateful for what they have. This does not mean don't grow your money. Mm. Money is meant to be grown. But you must be grateful for what you have. So one of the ways uh, we could cultivate that a little bit more is to structure times where they share what they are grateful about. Over dinner maybe, over lunch, over the weekend. You know, just go around the table and ask them, name one thing that you are grateful for. So cultivate gratefulness so that they understand that there are other things uh, that money didn't buy that uh, makes you happy. And sometimes if they keep telling you stuff, material, yeah, things. material stuff, yeah. then what you've got to point them to other things, you know, like <laughs> events, like people, like memories. Like relationships, yeah. happy moments. That's right. Oh, that's very interesting. Yeah, a gratitude reflection moment and build that into part of their little lives. Build that into their part of their little lives and give them a a variety of interests, you know, so that they know that uh, life is just more than money. But money is an important commodity. It's important and they need to manage it well. So you see, that's why we come back to character values about responsibility, Mm. etc., self-discipline. The money belongs to them. They need to make good, sound decisions. So they need to know how to, like you say, invest in time to come, right? So we need to, we need to train them to make good uh, money decisions uh, when they buy stuff. 
Do you think there are some things that uh, you'd rather not see your children spend money on, on at all? I mean, I, I thought it was interesting that point where you say the money is theirs. And I think that's important as well. As much as we want to teach them about money, that we give them that autonomy so that they can make those choices re- realistically for themselves. So um, can your children spend on anything or are they absolute no-goes? I discourage unhealthy food. I want them not to buy so much Coca-Cola or, or iced tea or bubble tea. Too much tea. sugar I in anything. I want them not to do that. Mm-hmm. But because they have some spending power, so I'm going to allow them certain limits, certain boundaries. You know, So maybe not every day Coke. Once a week Coke, okay. So I you do vet what they buy as a father? I vet not every small thing as they are growing older, but... Uh, when they buy stuff, especially bigger purchases, I want them to talk through with me. Okay. James Sachi is family life educator and principal consultant at Build to Last Training. Okay, James, we're about to wrap up the show. Do you have some final words for listeners uh, on drawing the line between wanting to give their precious little ones everything and then not raising a financially irresponsible adult? Decision-making is really important how they make decisions so it is not really about binary decisions alone binary decisions are things like uh, should i buy a or should i buy b i like b better i buy b but more comparative decisions where they think if i want to buy a or b uh, what alternatives do i have what options do i have Mm. how can i use my money i want to spend hundred dollars here how else could I use this hundred dollars? Right. I want to buy a Manchester United jersey. It's a hundred dollars, for example. Is it? Can I buy fifty dollars? I can go somewhere and get my Manchester United uh, badge sewn so all legally, okay, <laughs> right, and ethically. <laughs> and uh, you know they can print their names and all that. It's cheaper. Wow. Everything for twenty. You can maybe have three T-shirts for fifty dollars, and you have fifty dollars more. You can do something else. So if we can help children make decisions based on alternatives and options, I think parents are on the right path. Character values, I I stress that again, so important. Because if you can build character values in them, in life in general, it will help them in money management. Mm. Right? They become... Uh, they become teachable, they be able to evaluate when they make uh, bad decisions in money, right? And uh, I'm sure you and I, Michelle, we, we're not perfect, right? We make bad decisions in money sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, often I fall into that trap. Somebody corners me somewhere and then they sell me something, I buy it. Yeah. I go back home, I say, why did I buy this in the first place, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But I have evaluative ability. I can evaluate and I can ask myself, what should I do differently the next time? So if we can train our children by not telling them so much, but more asking questions to develop the thinking ability, develop that flexibility to look for options and alternatives, I think it should help them with that character and some skills of uh, financial management as they grow. Yeah, we've had some great tips. Get your kids used to money. If they're really little, play little card games with them so they get used to the language of finances, you know, the numbers, the numerals. Teach them to be little savers and maybe teach them about the the value of the transaction of money and in terms of what they need to give up in terms of human energy in order to get the cash in the first place. Mm. And also, you know, I think we can't stress enough the little savers um, 
idea. But more importantly, that so much critical thinking comes into play with money-making decisions. So thank you very much for being here, James. Thank you, Michelle. Real pleasure My speaking pleasure. with you. James Sachi is a family life educator and principal consultant for Built to Last Training. He's also a family 365 expert from the F365 program, a suite of complimentary one to two hour family life education programs available for workplaces and community touch points. You've been on Money and Me. I'm Michelle Martin. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.